0: We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club,
1: and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental Familia, welcome back. Welcome to our first ever video podcast. We love you. We're grateful for you.
0: (laughs) Hello, 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 everybody. Uh, Yeah, welcome to our very first video podcast. This is super exciting for us. Hopefully it is a video podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully this works. It's recorded. We're currently connected to my hotspot. Yes, but, but yeah, today we had a really beautiful, nourishing conversation exploring triggers, exploring the how to create self-intimacy, what that really requires, why that's so important for helping us develop a guiding, a really authentic guiding map for ourselves as we move throughout the world. And we also got into a really fun conversation about categories and the human brain's need to put things into black and white, right or wrong type of judgments and categories, why that's helpful, but also how when we get too tied to that, it can become harmful. And also why if we lose sight of all rules and all categories and all things and just lose ourselves in total disintegration, that's not necessarily helpful either. So in this conversation, we've really kind of explored a lot of gray area and how that pertains to this whole healing self-development journey that we're all on. Yeah, and you know, for me, so much of my
1: spiritual journey started when I began questioning the norms and the rules that were given to me and what my spirit was actually calling out for and then being able to integrate the two in order to exist as a human on this earth but really strengthening the relationship of my voice and my, my own desires and not necessarily needing to follow all of the rules and all of the things that society says I need to follow in order to be happy, in order to be in love, in order to be free.
0: So this was a fun conversation. I didn't even know it was going to turn out like that, but it took a fun route. It did take a fun route. So I, I think you guys will really enjoy this one. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath
1: with us. and tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world, and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. We also want to highlight our second sponsor, Awaken Village Press, an indie publishing house who is here to awaken the planet one book at a time. Whether you are a current author or an author-to-be, Awaken Village Press is here to guide you every single step of the way from the idea stage to the publishing stage. We all have a message to share, and Awaken Village Press is here to help you birth yours and bring it out into the universe. When we liberate our messages, we first liberate ourselves, and then we liberate everyone else who comes in contact with our words. We are going to put all of their information in the links below in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And now back to our episode. We open up this space, calling in our higher selves, calling in the divine, calling in the energy of the universe, calling in all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime. Calling in our ancestors, our angels, our spirit guides calling all of the energies that walk with our community in this lifetime. We open ourselves up for whatever messages want to come through. We open up our throats, our minds, our hearts for loving, connected, authentic communication. We invite in any guidance, any downloads for the highest healing of ourselves, our community and everyone they come in contact with and for the highest healing of the planet. We open up ourselves to love. We align with the highest vibration of love. and May every being from corner to corner of the universe feel it. We are here. The portal is now open. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. We are officially on video, I hope. Uh, We are. (laughs) (laughs) We hope this is saving. We hope this is recording. You just got to give it up to God
0: after a while, man. Just Um, try your best. Yeah, for sure. Hey, guys, we are. I wish I could see everybody (laughs) tuning in. I wish this was a two-way. Hello. Hello. We love
1: you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being on this ride. We're so excited to share our beings now through your eyes. You've heard us and felt us for so long, and now you can see us. Soon we will hug you, and you can really feel us when we have a
0: retreat. <laughs> We're energetic hugs for now. Energetic hugs. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Valentina? I'm great. I'm so excited
1: that we are doing this right now. I've been wanting us to be on video for so long because we make a million and one faces, and I feel like that's so much of who we are and our communication. And I'm sure people can feel that passion when they're listening to us, but now they can see us. And it's just, I'm ready. I'm ready for Pretty Mental to keep growing. I'm ready for our community to just continue to up-level. It's time. And my floors are not sprinkled anymore.
0: Her floors are not sprinkled. Her floors are not sprinkled. If you guys didn't tune into to uh, last week's episode.
1: Yeah, go listen to it because you will get a full download of the horrible, not fun, uncomfortable, scary confrontation that I had with my maintenance man. And he still works here. I'm still paranoid. I'm like, did he hear me outside my door? But... I made the decision after that, that if I was going to continue to live here, I would not go back and forth on, you know, I was like, I'm going to just walk around without fear because I'm not going to create a space of fear for myself. And I believe that in if I were in a moment where I actually needed to be afraid, I needed to react to that fear and actually like run away or do something like that. I would know to do it. My intuition, my gut, my animal instincts would tell me to do it, but I'm not trying to sustain the fear that I felt in that moment when he yelled at me and walk around with it for the rest of the time that I live here so yeah
0: yeah. I get that that's a process of surrender for sure it reminds me of when I was living at my last place you remember that yeah the downstairs neighbor oh god that (laughs) that that was on one of the episodes too Dude, they right. used to
1: DJ right below, because I moved in with Paula for like three months or something, and they DJed
0: right below the room that I was in. And I'm like,
1: at like 10 a.m., 9 a.m. sometimes.
0: Yeah, and then one time I told on them, or I reported <laughs> them, I reported them to the landlord and and the girl like came up to my door and she was like, did you report us to the landlord? Screaming. And I was just like, sometimes I'm too honest, <laughs> but in that moment I was just like, yes, <laughs> but then I was like, wait, I don't even have to tell her. Cause that was an anonymous tip. But at the same time, she probably figured, but I had that, I had that a little taste of maybe what you m- might experience, which is like not feeling safe with somebody that you don't really know that is in close proximity to the place that you're living. But, and I, I thought I was going to like run out and move, but then I decided to stay a little longer and It was the same thing. I just, you kind of have to, if you're going to, if you're going to make a decision to stay in a certain place, then you kind of have to get into that fuck it. Yeah. And it reminds
1: me of like, even just a conversation that we were speaking about yesterday, we talked a little bit about relationships and I'm like, just how in a relationship, you know, when you're like, if something bothers you, you can't continue to complain about it. You either make the decision to accept the situation as it is, or that person as they are, or you leave. Because it's like why we're going to – we get that's where we really step into our own autonomy. Like what reality are we actually going to choose to continue to co-create with? Because I can sit here and blame – we can sit here and blame other people for so long, but it's not until we finally take our – we take our power back by just claiming responsibility for our own emotions and the energies that we agreed to engage with inside of ourselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. And those are great examples of – the one with my neighbor and the one with your maintenance person are great examples of those aren't the types of situations where conscious dialogue is going to be available. And that's when you just have to choose. Okay. What do I want to do about this? Do I stay or do I leave? And sometimes intimate relationships get to that point too, where no amount of dialogue is going to fix the situation because if you've tried to do the dialogue thing and you're still hitting up against the same wall, then there comes a point in which people have to come to terms with each other's temperament. Yeah. And it sometimes not necessarily being a good match. And that is when that is exactly when you have to make that decision too. Okay. I'm either going to like find a way to fully surrender and accept this part of who this person is If it doesn't mean sacrificing our soul. (laughs) 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 Drinking down to a minuscule
1: (laughs) being, which we can often do in order to keep harmony. You know, I've done that. Yeah. It's a dance. It's a dance. It's such a dance. This is what we
0: say about everything, but it's real. Mm -hmm. This is what we say about everything. Um, that post that you made on Instagram today that, the, that you reposted that man who is, oh, yeah. I, forget, I forget his name, but I, I went to his page and he's actually a positive psychology professor at Yale. I want to say he's an ex monk. So he's got a lot of my, mind- oh. we, we might need to get him on the podcast, but no um, he, the post is basically referring to how the world does not need more positivity, but rather is in need of more minds that are able to grasp complexity and be able to, to interact from a grounded, centered place. That is, I'm totally paraphrasing this in my own words, but that, that exists in, in more of a, in a gray area. Because nothing is really black and white. Everything is is a dance. It's not just good or it's not just bad. It's, okay, how do I return to my center, get to know myself, create intimacy with myself so that then I can make judgments about what path feels most aligned in this very complex, multi-layered gray world that we live in. That's the key to it. Really
1: being in a relationship with yourself, getting intimate with yourself, becoming aware of what your triggers are or not. And and also becoming aware of how you react when you're triggered and what that process looks like, right? When we're in in an uncomfortable situation, because when we become aware of the things that are going inside of us, the sensations, then we take a pause between the stimulus and the reaction. And I feel like when it becomes so black and white is when there's no pause there. You know, it's when someone pisses us off and our immediate thing is to be like, fuck you. Or our immediate thing is to go inward and shun them out and disconnect and dissociate. You know, it's like one or the other. But if we understand what our own processes look like, then we know, oh, okay, I, you know. a a reaction or a trigger just happened. I'm holding my breath. Okay. That's the first thing I noticed. Now let me go back to breathing. And then I'm feeling like completely trapped in my body and just literally becoming aware of, I feel trapped in my body. I can't, I can't get my words out or becoming aware of like, and I I now feel complete coldness towards the person in front of me. Like there's no warmth. There's no connection. I can't even relate anymore. I don't know how I'm going to continue communicating
0: or. I'm about to rage at this person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to punch the person's <laughs> face off. Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, we're fun. on. Yeah, so you know something that I don't think we've ever done that I be- that I realized. So yesterday we did a podcast with the amazing Alexander of the Subconscious brand. He we is. Love you. He is incredible, Um, just such an incredible thinker. And we did a a podcast episode on triggers for his podcast, which whenever that gets released, we're totally going to let you guys know um, because, you know, that episode, I'm super excited for you guys to hear. And regardless, his whole podcast is awesome. He's he's such an amazing thinker and is full of innovative ideas that everybody can benefit from. But what I realized yesterday is that I don't think we've ever taken the time or maybe not specifically, I don't think we've ever taken the time to specifically define what a trigger is on this podcast. I actually had some words to say about when we were defining it,
1: so I can do it here. We only had a certain amount of time and three people speaking, so I had to allow. (laughs) But I have, I, it's interesting to me that we, that is there even a definition for it? You know what I mean? I mean... Let me Google it. Well, I mean, we talk. <laughs> I know, I don't, it's not, a, say. it's not
0: a, it's not, it's not a clinical term. I think it's a term that's just become a part of, cult- of our culture. Yeah. I mean, I, the, yeah, I mean, here I'd like the very basic, a cause or an event or situation to happen or exist. Yeah. I mean, it's just in, in the, through the way that we're talking about it, it's, well, let me tell you. Let me let you tell it since you had some words.
1: I mean, we were defining it yesterday and talking about how it related to trauma. And for me, I mean, like, I can get triggered be- because my floors feel sticky and I stop thinking clearly. Do you know what I mean? It's And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a trauma. It's something that it's any kind of dis- – any time that I separate from – my body, anytime that I'm not grounded is what I considered a trigger. Anytime that I, yeah, that I'm not grounded. Anytime that I I lose consciousness of the present moment and get stuck in a particular situation or get stuck in a particular emotion and then go down that path. So yeah, it can I be think- something super traumatic or just like slightly annoyed for me.
0: Yeah, there's so many different variations of triggers and and levels of triggers, and I think for me, it's it's like whenever my system is interpreting something as a threat, and there can be many threats that are just like this is uncomfortable. Like when my skin is dry, <laughs> <laughs> is that still yeah. is that still a Hell thing? Hell yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go anywhere without lotion.
1: (laughs) Dude, you would flip out here in LA. I have to put lotion on. In order to feel soft, I have to put lotion on like all day. All day. It is. I would just put lotion on all day.
0: (laughs) I would be I would become an investor in the lotion stock (gasps) if need be. But that's that's a trick. Like if if I'm dry. I mean, if I really had to get over it, I I would do the work to get over it. But I don't have to, so I'm not going to. <laughs> that's one of the ones that I'm going to keep indulging. But when I'm dry, like if I take a shower and there's for some reason no access to lotion, it is, it's it's such an uncomfortable feeling for me. So like yeah. that's a trigger. It just it's something that feels like a threat. Although like I'm not in danger, it's just it's a threat. Some yeah. it's not.
1: It's a threat not, to your peace.
0: It's, it's being a threat able to my be peace. Grounded, yeah. It's a threat to my peace. It, you know, throws me off a little bit. So like, that's a trigger. And then if someone, if my money gets messed up, <laughs> like that's a way higher trigger. I think it is for a lot of people. Like that, that trigger will, Yeah, you know, I had a situation recently that like something was off and I don't, you know, I don't want to get into the details of it, but something was just something happened and and some numbers were off. And for a few hours, I felt like, my soul was like up by the ceiling <laughs> and my frontal cortex was like no longer producing critical thoughts. Yeah. You know, because if you've experienced any kind of financial trauma, things being unsettled in your finances and in what, in, in any way, in one way or another, depending to what extent, um, that's a bigger trigger. Yeah. So what we we're getting at in the conversation yesterday with Alexander and not to like give all the same details, but essentially there's many levels of it and they're unique to each person. Yeah. There's other people that like, don't like being sticky. Like their skin. Sticky. Me. Did you say that because
1: yeah. of me? That's no. Me? <laughs> oh, that's me. When you brought the lotion thing up, I'm like, do you remember my thing? I'm cool with it now, but my thing was I couldn't, I could not be sticky I wouldn't wear lotion because for me, I would have to just stand up in my room naked until it dried because (laughs) there was no way in hell. Like I would literally, if you're on video, you can see me, but I would just be like, I will not, my joints will not touch (laughs) because like any kind of stickiness for me was so gross. And my mom, every single year, she just had this family tradition that I may have done once in my entire life where she would, y'all, you and her would get nut butter crackers and dip them in white chocolate and make them into ghosts like, white chocolate, and then put little dark chocolate eyeballs on them. And in order to do that, you are that means you have to dip your hands into chocolate. And for me, like, I thought it was just so rude, <laughs> you guys, because I was, like, I don't know, like, very, very, very young. It just felt like a personal attack to my safety every time that you guys wanted to do it, and the fact that you guys – couldn't understand, and I knew I was never going to be able to make you understand my level of hatred for stickiness. Every time Halloween came around, I remember just being like, I dreaded it.
0: Yeah, I don't even remember that being your reason. I just don't have any memories of you making cookie ghosts with us. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hated being sticky.
0: Maybe you didn't know how to describe it back then, your reasoning, or maybe you did and we didn't hear you. But yeah, I mean, there's different levels of triggers, and there is different for, um, as many human beings as there are in this world, there's, that is as many variations on possibilities of things that could be, that could feel like a threat to the human. And it just Mm -hmm. depends on the universe that resides within each individual person. Cause we, I, we really are all entire universes onto ourselves, like entire, there's an entire village (laughs) that lives in here.
1: It's, I was listening to this reel yesterday on Instagram and it was basically a voiceover of someone saying, You are not, and it say Valentina, it said like your name or something, but essentially, you are not Valentina. You are a collection of ideas, patterns, actions, whatever, traditions. That is who you are. And I was sitting there and I'm like, That is, that's actually true. That is, that is so true. We all, Have such specific and unique routes that have taken us to where we've been here. And we are a collection of everything that we've been through. We are a collection of everything that our ancestors have been through. And it makes it so stimulating to deal with different kinds of energies because I mean, there are a million and one trillion billion possible triggers on this planet, right? And if we haven't really practiced grounding in in our own bodies in our own selves, it's going to be really, we're going to get really triggered around a lot of different people. And we're not going to understand, we're going to other a lot of different people around us. So when people get angry or, you know, whatever they're going through and they can't connect with us, our immediate thing, if we're not aware of all of that process is going to be like, they're assholes, they're assholes. And we're not going to have a level of empathy to create harmony around us. But if we're able to just create some space and understand like, oh, this person is being triggered. Not that we need to excuse it, but just like understanding so we don't amplify it. Like now is the time that I may walk away or now is the time that I may try to, you know, see if there's an opening to either help them ground or be with this person if it's someone that I love
0: or now is the time to walk away. Yeah. And being able to do that requires knowing having spent some time getting to know our own history and how our temperament responded to that history and the different parts of us that were formed be- through that history in order to survive. Because at the end of the day, the human being really is, a lot of what we do is geared towards survival. And what isn't? Yeah. <laughs> like truly. Yeah. Like we are these con- higher consciousness beings. We really are because our brains are so, are, I mean, pretty evolved. It's, it's, I don't know that we're the most evolved even on this planet, but as far as we can tell, it seems that we're pretty evolved. We, we can do some pretty advanced critical thinking skills. Uh, but at the end of the day, those survival instincts are the origin of who we are. Those survival instincts are the reason that we're all still here. So when we go through difficult difficult experiences in life, at whatever age that difficult experience happened, there's a certain set of rules that our emotional systems come up with for dealing with said difficult situation. And that set of rules gets frozen inside of us because it's just such a private decision that we may not even be fully conscious of, but it's a very private decision. And if nobody, if we never got a chance to process it or, or, or even, you know, question why we responded in that way, that set of rules gets frozen inside of us. And and some people would refer to that as like your inner children or the parts of you that are frozen. And so we all have different parts of us that are frozen at different moments in time that come up. They're ready ready to go whenever a situation similar to the situation that formed them arises. And the thing is that those rules are often created by a very young mind. So while they were effective when we were really young, there comes a point, I would venture to say for all of us, where it's time to reevaluate the rules and come up with new ones. But we got to know what that part of us is working with and understand it. To get it to collaborate with us so we can mm. shift over it's kind of like any company right like you think about when a company's created it um it, every company starts out with like one idea of how the company is going to be ran and then as it grows and grows and grows periodically you have to have a meeting and reevaluate strategy over yeah. and over and over again the human being is essentially the same thing but Because we haven't been looking at it like that. Most people are just like, oh, no, this is my personality. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just, you know, and so it's like everybody, a lot of people are just, until we go through these healing processes that we describe on this podcast, we just buy into this is my personality and I don't like those things. I don't respond well to those things. And I only, these, only these types of circumstances are 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 okay in my life. And like, we start getting more and more rigid as we get older rather than increasingly flexible, psychologically flexible as we get older. And I think, you know, that's the cool thing about anybody that is on this healing journey, this mental health journey, this consciousness journey is that we're doing it. We're, our brains in some ways are aging backwards rather than be rather than becoming more and more and more defined in who we are. We are becoming more and more and more psychologically flexible and ready to shift.
1: Something that Tom bill from impact theory. Remember I used to, I used to be obsessed. Obsessed. Oh yes. He's amazing. He's an amazing interviewer. I haven't tapped in with him in a long time with him, with his YouTube videos in a long time but he's also another great podcaster, YouTube channel to check out. Something that stuck in my mind was, he was so obsessed with this idea of growth mindset and fixed mindset. And he was like, "I the reason why I'm so good at interviewing, the reason why I continue to grow, the reason why I'm a billionaire is because my identity- He's a billionaire?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's great. He's a billionaire. Great. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving money. We're moving money. (laughs) We're
1: abundant beings. Uh, And the reason, he's like, the reason why I keep growing is because my identity is not based in someone who knows their shit. And, you know, my identity is based in someone who is a student. So I am always open to growing, and when you think about it, like if you if you take pride in your ability to ability to have mastered certain things, then when anyone comes at you with something that is like poking a hole in it or, you know, maybe you want to rethink this, you're going to be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I just put in all these hours. Are you kidding me? Do you know how much I've worked? Do you know who I am? Do you know whatever? Like your identity is fixed on this expert mentality. But if your identity is like, oh, I'm a student and just you always approach it with curiosity, then nothing is going to feel, maybe at first it might feel like a threat, you know, because we all have egos. But after you're going to be like, no, I'm a student. If really I take pride in my identity being a student, then there, there's always something here for me to learn. I love that. that. That was so powerful for me. And he's truly, I mean, this he's so impressive. He is so impressive and he just continues to get more and more impressive and it is, it's is—it's
0: because of that. It's the way that he approaches life. Yeah. I think the, the idea that we have been creating this society from, and even our relationship contracts from, for many, many generations, is, is a fixed mindset. You know, it's like, find yourself. Who are you? Like, find, you know, rather than, creating yourself and evolving yourself. And like, do you ever really find yourself? It's like, it's a constantly moving target. It's you get to know all the different parts of who you are more, more and more, but there's some, it's so liberating to give ourselves the opportunity to believe that actually we are constantly unfolding organism And we've only seen however many layers of it at whatever age we're at. And there's infinitely more layers that we have yet to witness. And the more that we dive into these kinds of healing and consciousness journeys, the more layers that we're likely to get in contact with. Mm -hmm. And you know what that does is the natural byproduct of that I find is you become less judgmental.
1: Yes. Because,
0: because give you, other
1: people room.
0: Yeah, other people room to unfold and and you don't try to just pigeonhole people into one version of themselves, but you recognize like this is only one part of who they are and who they are today may not be who they are a week from now. Or you other now.
1: the other thing I posted in my story. Was it that was today? Like loving, that was yesterday or today. I don't know. Time is but a concept. And it was like loving someone means attending a thousand births and a thousand deaths of theirs, something like that. And that's just so real. That yeah. is so real, this concept of allowing people to constantly be unfolding as well. And I think about when we're, this is something that I've really been thinking about actually is like. I have this idea in my mind of, like, what a perfect partner is, right? And then I have these, like, has, you know, has this, 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 and this. And then I I was talking to Sarah the other day, and we'll have her on this podcast eventually. She's amazing. She's the CEO of Conscious Conversion, the sponsor that you hear in the beginning. But she was talking about how, you know, she pointed out one of the things that I was – um, calling out. And she was like, is that, you know, do you just have that as a concept because you're kind of like glued to that? Or is that just because you're, or is that something you actually want? Or is that just because your mind is still in the old paradigm of how things used to be, of how like our parents and grandparents used to tell us that perfect relationships look like, like, what do you actually want? Like, do you actually care? Like do you really, 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 really care when you get down to it? Are your needs still being met? You know, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So really thinking about even in, in that situation, you know, of like there, like, what is this perfect way of being that we've that we've put inside of our minds for us and for everyone else? The acceptable and the not acceptable, the normal and the weird. It's like, do I actually think that? Or am I only thinking this because that is what society has told me is normal and okay and safe like what do I actually want
0: who who who? like what do I actually care about yeah well the interesting thing is that the human mind does have this tendency to towards categorization and judgment like if our our brain does that, if we, if we are constantly, if I can't look, I like, for example, I can look at this microphone that I'm holding and know that it's a microphone. Mm-hmm. But if I really wanted to take the time, I could be like, okay, well, is it really a microphone? Or is it a bunch of... (laughs) I didn't really think about it. (laughs) Like, is it a a bunch of molecules vibrating at a certain frequency? And what even are those molecules? And how, you know, like there's so many And then you're like, nothing is real and everything is real. Fuck it. Do what you want to do in life. (laughs) So many layers to all of that. But for the sake of energy conservation and so that we can continue functioning in life... Our brain has to see things as solid and it tries to put things in categories for the sake of it like to be expeditious because we can't go around the whole day like, is that really a lamp? <laughs> you know, or like,
1: <laughs> can I You're turn calling on my water? It a lamp Because we formed words to call it a lamp. What is, what is it really? Oh.
0: Yeah. I mean we could spend the rest of our lives just like exploring that one lamp if we really sat there and like never this be done with me. it. <laughs> this reminds me of do you know what I'm gonna say?
1: What of when you went through your Eckhart Tolle phase <laughs> of like nothing is real or nothing is whatever and it just you just
0: stopped talking. <laughs> you know what happened. <laughs> and my brother was so mad at me because he's like, it was so rude, Paula. You it was so rude. You picked me up from the airport one day and you're like not talking to me because you didn't like language no longer <laughs> language no longer encompassed the fullness of the truth. <laughs> so you didn't want to use that words anymore. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember that, but I wouldn't put it past me what you know what happened is i discovered i started discovering these layers to life <laughs> in my early 20s and i wasn't ready for it like i didn't have the maturity i would say i can't i don't know how mature i am now but you know there's forever maturing i guess but i didn't at that point i, I didn't have the maturity or like the the groundedness or the intimacy with myself even To be able to hold broader concepts in a way that wasn't completely disorienting. I think, like, that's why, for example, with psychedelics, you have to, it's so important that you spend some time doing preparation work and and you spend some time learning about your triggers and learning about your traumas and learning to breathe at the human level before you go into. situation that psychedelic offers psychedelics offer which is to allow your brain to be in touch with a much broader spectrum of reality which is why they're so healing because we get locked into these patterns as humans that trap us in these defense mechanisms that become for many people living hell and psychedelics can go in there and be like let me show you that this is only like like let's let me unravel this for you and show you a much broader picture but that's like if you that's why we push so much like okay do the preparation work learn about who you are create some intimacy with yourself mm-hmm. before things get unraveled in a psychedelic context and then let's help you kind of like piece it back together in a way that feels healing and nurturing for you and that's the integration process but if you don't have any of that and you don't have any and you're running from yourself which like I spent the majority of my late teens and very early 20s running from myself because I didn't I didn't really have the skills to be in touch with myself I very early on I got put on a high dose of pharmaceuticals for what I now would refer to as anxiety that was also leaning into depression because I, you know, I was going through a cycle of like high stress over like depletion, high stress depletion and nobody, like the best answers that we were able to find at that time were just pharmaceuticals and I got fully medicated. And so it was never a process of like learning to become more in touch with myself. It was a process of like, how can I feel less and less? So there was no self intimacy there. There really wasn't. I mean, there was because I've always been a thinker, like in a in a questioner and always I've always been journaling. But it was it was very much like there was a big I was in in a big way separated from myself, like I didn't feel safe in myself. So then when I came across like heart totally in my early 20s and started coming across these concepts of like entirely questioning reality, like I didn't have a sense of self to return to. So it became extremely disorienting to explore these broader concepts when I didn't even have a platform and I, I almost got lost in that. But for some reason there was always like a part of me that was like, like still able to see what was happening. And that's when I decided I was like, okay, this isn't sustainable. And I went to Vipassana and like came back into myself in a in a boot camp level way which is how we do do. (laughs) as we do um and yeah I mean I took it to such an extreme like each concept when when Eckhart Tolle was describing enlightenment I just remember thinking like that (laughs) that (laughs) I want that (laughs) and so like whatever I have to do Eckhart like no thoughts you know cool cuz my mind was at war with itself because of the anxiety and and like unintegrated parts of myself that like I'd never really even known how to like hold space for so i was just like oh my god i can make all of this just silent I'm like this can go away great you know like words you know and i started questioning everything and i i mean i already had a tendency to be a questioner anyways but it just These very broad concepts, we can get lost in them if we don't, we have to do the groundwork of being human first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if
1: not, it can be very black and white, right? It's like, then it's like, oh, thoughts are no good. We can make them go away. Done. Instead of like, okay, really understanding thoughts, thoughts, relationship to our spirit, how they guide us, what they're trying to do, understanding ourselves, and then having a greater context for what everything is which is the same with psychedelics. It can be very black or white of like, oh, you know, once you go into like a mushroom trip, oh, that's real. This isn't real. So this reality is not real. So then it's going to be impossible to really navigate ourselves in, in this reality.
0: But if we have the entire context,
1: we can integrate the two.
0: Yeah. I think like that's why we have to kind of make a home within ourselves to some extent. Like it doesn't have to be a perfect home because like – when we do preparation work for people and then they go into psychedelic trips, like it's not like by the time they get to a psychedelic trip, they're, they're okay. That would defeat the whole purpose of why we are turning to psychedelics and mental health, but to have some kind of groundwork of somebody guiding you and, and helping you understand ask things about the human psyche and, and helping you explore your system to some extent. And then you go into psychedelics and, and you just can, Amplify that to the max and then you integrate it. But we have to know how to be human and feel safe being human and find ways to love our humanness before we really can, in a balanced way, expand beyond that, Mm -hmm. right? Because then, yeah, then even in the healing world, we'll take that same war that we have with our humanity and apply it to spiritual concepts and then then it's the same type of ego frame that is navigating that like then it's like oh no everything as we were saying yesterday with alexander like when it can be gaslighting can happen in healing situations when people take on this concept of like everything starts with you and it really is about how you respond to things and if they're still applying a black and white paradigm to that, then somebody reacts in a way that's less than ideal. And rather than hearing them out, it's like you're responding that way because you need to figure it out for yourself. You need to figure out what that is. Like that's also that's also not helpful. So I mean, for, for me, all of that to say, like we have to find, do a lot of this like human-based work of coming to terms with the reality that we're in and making peace with it. And then beginning to little by little step into the gray and step into the gray and step into the gray. And the more that we advance on that path, the bigger levels of gray that we'll be able to handle without being over uh, completely overwhelmed or without having a completely negative reaction of our psyche to that. Um, So before we kind of went on that tangent, what I was saying is that. As part of being human, our mind likes to categorize things, because wow. we don't have we don't have time. <laughs> yeah,
1: good for you for looping this back around, because I had to drop that conversation ages ago. <laughs> those are the therapist yeah. skills this I do have. And you're such a good student of like in school and stuff,
0: because I can like connect those things. <laughs> <in the fancy> <laughs> <mail>. <laughs> But OK, so what you're we saying is like the human mind, it needs those it needs to be able to categorize, you know, even our tendency towards being prejudiced. Like that's part of that survival instinct, because. As we're moving through a very, very stimulating world, we're only going to be able to move through that world if we can make quick flash judgments. About what things are like, I'm looking right in front of me like that's a chair, I don't have time right now to think about whether or not that's really a chair, (laughs) you know, like that's a chair. And I'm here with a compete. I can get trippy, but we need those categories. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even go there. I know. As I started to, I was like, I feel like I shouldn't go there. Uh -uh. (laughs) But those categories help us. So that's why, like, even with With like traditions of like, oh, this is what a pair, a romantic pairing looks like. This is like, we get so, we learn to find so much ease, and and that categorization is so natural for us that then we can become addicted to it. And I think that's where we're at now for many people on the healing and consciousness journey is whoa, 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 whoa. Our society became way too reliant on categories and good and bad and black and white thinking like this thing that was supposed to help us is now being overdone and we've lost sense of the nuance and we've lost sense of the gray and now we're trapped by it to the point that like oh my god I'm afraid to like be with this other person because that's not who I'm supposed to be with or like Mm -hmm. You know, or like uh, I'm only supposed to dress in this one way because like that's what people that fit into this identity that I've been told I need to have need to dress like and then you know, or I need to follow this one career path because if not, then it means like very clear black and white things if I don't and and now like I have no freedom of choice anymore, or no no room to show up in a way that's more authentic anymore,
1: and we've lost total connection to spirit at that point.
0: Yeah. Cause now we're, we're just fun- now we're yeah.
1: just ro- like robotic. Now we're just operating within the norms and the system that have been given to us and not through our intuition and our passion and our heart and what's speaking to us. We're not listening to what our body is saying to us. We're listening to what our brain has been told is safe. And I think that that's where so much depression comes from is when we've lost total connection to ourselves, to our spirits, to what is actually right for us. We didn't come to this planet to live by rules that we don't even remember who made them up. They get lost in translation along the way. Like there's a hundred and billion whatever iterations of the Bible. I don't know how many because I don't follow religions like that. But I've, you know, it's like, who who, who do these rules even belong to? No one is questioning them anymore. When our parents give us these rules, do they even know? That they're just yeah. rules. They're doing it because they feel safe, and that you know what I mean. So, it's it's. I lost where I was gonna <laughs> loop that around you. I mean, Follow, I would say
0: that- come save me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that learning to uh, find fulfillment and tap into joy and love in this human existence experience while we're here for the years that we're here is going to require us being able to hold that complexity. Yeah. To function from that complexity of like categories have their place. Like we're not going to say they're just all bad. Like if there was no categories and our brain wasn't able to see things as solid, we'd be on a permanent psychedelic trip. And like, does that, could any, can you even feed yourself? (laughs) Like under yeah, those we, conditions we don't want to be there either because no, you
1: can't connect to anyone at that point
0: yeah no We've got to be on
1: earth we've got to like play by we got to know the rules of this earth game and be in touch with our spirit to be able to navigate all of this exactly know? so we like if we were to leave.
0: disintegrate into like no rules and absolutely no traditions and absolutely no categories ever anything like I mean, we just would unravel into molecules that like it just (laughs) went. I just have this image of like running naked through the streets. (laughs) (laughs) So this unraveling critical thinking process matters. And then also like the rules and the categories, they have their place, but they're not the end all be all. So I think it's like for each person kind of a lot, giving themselves permission to dance around between those yeah. two extremes. Uh, and it's a continuously moving thing. It's not like we're ever going to decide like, oh, this is the perfect sweet spot that I'm going to function at forever because then that becomes a rule. Yeah. So it's like just kind of like be open, it, being open to that dance between those two extremes of total disintegration into randomness and absolute rigidity in these black and white rules that are never allowed to be questioned. Like And what is this middle place? And I think, you know, for
1: me, that is where the spiritual journey begins. When we start tapping back into our true selves and what are what what, like who we are regaining that intimacy with ourselves. And it can be a really scary place because you start thinking that you're going to mess up or get in trouble, or if you're not following this specific path and doing these specific things or dating this specific person, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, oh God, am I fucking up my life just to do what I want? So as we begin to allow some of those norms and those rules to unravel, it can be really scary to tap into a new identity, into new layers of who we are. Yeah. And I think that that's really important to bring up because just to know that and to expect that if that comes along while you're on this journey of really reclaiming your own autonomy in this world,
0: it can be really scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can. I mean, I'm just, I can. it's, and it's a balance. So it's like, so maybe it doesn't have to unravel all at once. Like,
1: it doesn't have to unravel all at once but once but just understanding that the the more that we do question the current rules that we are that we have been given the rules that tell us that if we do this we're going to be successful and happy and whatever the more that we question the more that we have to train our muscles
0: into validating ourselves oh yeah yeah and also like it can be scary if you once you start tapping into like oh wait these rules actually don't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what it comes. Cause it, they resonate with some, some people are like, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave me with the rules. Like you're like, yeah, I'm going to
1: have a white picket fence, get married at 32, have babies at 33, go to college, do the thing. Yeah. And that's exactly. completely fine.
0: Yeah. But you like, if you really, if you, if there's something inside of you that is like, has a deep sense of dissatisfaction with that, If you don't listen to that and honor that, you're not, that's not gonna feel good. But then you have to know that as you question it, you're questioning norms. And like, then you're in this gray area between the old way of doing things and this new mysterious expanse of like, this could go in a million different directions and nobody, there's no rule book for this. I think that's where a lot of
1: a lot of pain and addiction and, you know, cheating on our partners or doing things that are just not aligned with who we actually want to be. I think that stuff starts happening when we've ignored our spirits for so long that we're just trying to find cubbies of freedom anywhere we can because we haven't been able to yet face the voice inside of us that's telling us to shift gears. And go against the things (laughs) that society is telling us and come tap back into alignment with ourselves. Because when we're in alignment with ourselves, we act in integrity. When we're in alignment with ourselves, there's a level of peace and a level of liberation that then grants us to act in such a way towards the people around us where we just want everyone else to be liberated. We want to live in truth. We want to live in authenticity we want to live in harmony
0: because we've been able to tap back into ourselves and reclaim who we are yeah for sure and I'm thinking about like as you were talking I almost busted out laughing because I had a flashback again to my (laughs) early 20s
1: (laughs) we've got case studies for days on our early 20s our poor
0: parents uh and yeah it's it's wild that like My brain has always, I guess, been so naturally open that when I started realizing, like, I started watching, like, movies of, like, the galaxy and just, like, questioning all these things and, like, in Eckhart Tolle and all this stuff, I started, my worldview started, my old worldview started melting, but I was so ready for that. I'm like, cool. Like, that feels, my brain is so naturally open. But then because of that, I was like, oh, oh, nothing is real. Like, no. And then I, I I was like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. <laughs> like, And but the truth is that that was a lot of that was ego. It was just like an ego decision. It wasn't something that came from a place of peace of like, no, I mean, I'm at peace and I don't have to follow it the way you're doing it. Like this other path feels more aligned for me. It was more like, I can intellectually comprehend that this isn't real. So I'm going to intellectually and egotistically go against it. And I was full of fear. So then it didn't work out, you know? And like what I've said before, like then I was drinking too much or smoking or just doing whatever I could to not feel the fear. So I could keep going on my intellectual journey of, of enlightenment. (laughs) I'm unraveling of enlightenment. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that's how that, was but yeah i guess to circle it back to we gotta come home to ourselves and to our humanity and and make some peace there and and find some some ease there and create and have developed that intimacy with ourselves in our conscious sober state so that then when we experience those moments of unraveling we can integrate that back into our conscious sober state which is where we're meant to be. I mean, we're we're on a human journey. Like, there will be categories. There will be solid things. Like, I'm so glad that I can just look at you and be like, that's Valentina. I'm like,
1: <laughs> Is it really? Is you, it know, really? I,
0: you know, for the sake of relationships, it's cool to be able to witness the person in front of you and be like, you're yeah. a universe onto yourself. And, like, that's beautiful. And, like, that means that, like, we essentially, if we can approach each other from that angle, we would never get bored with each other.
1: Never. I think about this too, in relationship of like, wow, if I am in relationship with someone where I allow them to have their thousand births and deaths and allow myself to have a thousand births and deaths, this is never going to get boring. Like this is never going to get boring because if I don't hold you to the identity that you had, when I met you, we're going to constantly be adventuring together. I'm going to learn about all your new passions and your new missions and you know, what, what gives you purpose today and <laughs> yeah, have fun with it. you right. Yeah. And I, in you know, healthy I,
0: way. it's not like anything crazy.
1: <laughs> We're like, who the fuck am I dating now? <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: why I'm laughing. Cause the next thing I'm about to bring up is that like, that's why it's up to each couple to decide how much diversity and stability is the sweet spot for them.
1: Yes. And like, this is why, you know, when we get in back into like our parents say like, you need to not our parents, but you know, you know, you need to date someone who is a stable accountant and whatever. It's like, well, that, you know, in the old way of thinking about things, maybe that sounds safe or whatever. But, like, what if I want to date an artist? What if I want to, you know, like, I for you, maybe your safety lies in having someone with a really traditional, quote-unquote, safe job. But yeah, my, and, yeah. I want to date someone who's consistently adventuring within the depths of their soul.
0: You know, it's yeah. sharing
1: that with the world.
0: It's, yeah. I mean, it's to each person. I think the beauty of this is recognizing that, like, there's no wrong way to do it. Like, I've, I know some beautiful people that are accountants. Like, we quite love a you, few. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie's boyfriend, Sebastian, and Evan. Like, I have actually, now that I think about it, I have quite a few friends that are accountants, which is funny. That was no shade to accountants no shade to You're, accountants, but i mean it's it's the example you know of like yeah. a, a more stable predictable job that's going to be 90% i mean as far as i can tell, i don't know but I, I much <laughs> yo your eyes much, just did something crazy <laughs> <laughs> a much higher percentage of stability in a much lower percentage of diversity Where, is what some a, a lot of people like that's that's what they like you know i think yeah For me, I think I want – I don't know. I may be more – Yeah, what do you want, Paula? Let's dive into a new journey. I I may be more 50-50. I may want, like, equal parts diversity, equal parts stability. Yeah. I think. Because if it's, like, too diverse for me, I'm going to be like (laughs) (laughs) – Like, what the fuck? Get your shit together. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) not going to work for me. Like, there's a part of me that's very much, like, an academic and, like – That you know, but I'm there's also part of me that's an artist, so I think I for me it's like 50 50, I think, yeah, but like for you, based on what you're describing, it may be like 70 30 or who knows, and and that may shift at different times in our lives, yeah. I mean, no, 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 let me not put this on
1: to the I want stability, okay? Don't be playing with my sense of safety out here, but I do want someone who is like at least in the current phase that I'm at now, is willing to, that someone who's just curious about their own human existence, curious about their own spirit, curious about how to be in relation to someone else and the the universe that exists within themselves and the universe that exists in with every single person that they meet. It is so attractive to me when I see people who live without those hard judgments on what is right, what is wrong, what is okay and what is not. You know, like I love yeah. when I see people who liberate themselves and then allow everyone else to be their own liberated versions of themselves. Yeah. You know, like nothing is w- nothing is weird. Nothing is. It's just that's who they are. They're their own art piece in and of themselves. Oh, I yeah. love. That. I love like that. that to m- it's so sexy. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm
0: like, <laughs> getting turned on in
1: this podcast <laughs> I'm drooling.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I would second that. I I think, like, what I've seen and witnessed and I've experienced that, like, the more I come into my authenticity and my truth, the more stability I actually find. So it's like they actually don't yeah. have to – they don't have to not coexist. Like, I think of Aubrey Marcus and his wife. Like, all they do is explore the psyche and adventure the spirit world and and travel and, you know, like – recreate themselves, but there's also a lot of stability and, and discipline. And so like the two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. And I think that's also important For sure to hold in this paradox awareness conversation.
1: Yes. And something else that this kind of just is starting just to go into like a relationship tangent, but I really think it's important to mention is that when we begin to align with ourselves our own truth liberate our own voices liberate our own desires we start needing a lot less from other people you know we start requiring like more or like we start yeah i think we start needing needing less because i think that when we don't liberate our own truth we're we're going to start looking for that in someone else we're going to start needing other people to fill those needs but if we feel free within ourselves then the thing that is going to connect us to someone in front of us is not something that they can provide for us. It's something that like, where do our passions align? Where do our passions meet? How can we help each other grow? How
0: can we fan each other's wings? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, all of that.
1: All right, Paula, tie it back around. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think
0: that's, that's tied
1: up. Yeah, that's I think we good. We did it. I hope this video worked out, man. I really hope that you guys are looking at my eyeballs and this gets to be published on YouTube. I know. That would be so exciting. I really will. I really will. Fingers crossed. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and for tuning in with
0: us. We love you. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. Be kind to yourselves out there and remember that all parts of you are welcome here. Mwah. Bye. Bye.